You know the unmistakable sound of opening your freezer door? That little kiss? Well, my freezer makes that kissing noise and I kiss it right back because it's filled with butcher box cuts that have made my life way more convenient. Delivered right to our doorstep, free shipping, always, and curated customized box plans. It saves me money and trips to the grocery store and I can meal plan for weeks at a time and I got leftovers to boot. Eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering mega listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. That's three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free, that's free, in every order for a whole year. That's a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Get a kiss from your freezer and your family and sign up today at butcherbox.com mega and use code mega to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are I'm Hallie Laban, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we're making our mega church have a tiny family feel. I think it's a treat and a treasure, and per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. My litmost for his highest, Hallie. How are you? Oh, I am blessed, my brother. How are you doing? What's happening with you and your kids who come to Climax? Well, it was a tough week because I lost one of my kids, actually. What? A teen died? No, 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 Hallie. He just came out as a secular humanist. And I mean, basically, it is the same thing as dying. Yeah, that's terrible. And I don't like to name names, but of course, it was uh, this kid, Cormac uh, McCartney. And he (laughs) had just been really quiet, you know, for the last several years. Uh, Hadn't said much of anything. And then... Came up to me after Climax the other day, said, I'm not coming back. I'm a secular humanist and uh, agnostic about all of this stuff. And, you know, honestly, his attitude was kind of bad. He's kind of one of those, uh, what do you call it? Like always keeps to himself, uh, doesn't doesn't really go out, doesn't ever talk to anybody. Agoraphobic? No. Maybe like incel or something. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, got to look on the bright side. You can't win them all, Hallie. And he will know the truth someday. So, how are you? What the heck does humanist even mean? And I sincerely ask that. What does humanist mean? Well, What does that word even mean? You're basically putting all your eggs in the human basket. And I think what we can all remember and what I told him to his face is I said, well, you know, Jesus was 100% human and 100% God. And he said, how can you be 200% of anything? And I said, I don't, I don't, I'm just not going to argue with you, Cormac. Um, and, and I actually did tell him 
I said, I don't, I actually said, don't come back until you're right with well, God. And good. he yeah, yeah, seems like get exactly right. right. Yeah. And I mean, these kids will, they'll make up these words like humanist and they'll make up anything. They'll say, don't call me he, she, call me Zer or whatnot. And I say, I don't even, these aren't real words. Like, I, you know, it's not my brother. It's my sibling. It's not my nephew. It's my nibbling. It's not my mother. It's my pibbling. You know what I mean? You're now you're just making stuff up and you can't hold people accountable to th- words they've never even heard of. Well, and it, you know, and Hallie, it's not my problem so i'm not gonna even waste another minute on that kid well you know what let's turn to something more positive which is how excited i am for today's episode because it's a special edition mailbag episode we haven't done one of these in so long i'm so excited to hear from some of our listeners who need our great advice it's been so long since we've done one of these uh the last time we did one, uh, I was a double G, uh, you know, with my um, up top. I had to get a breast reduction. What? The alphabet Allie. started with D on me. And uh, I'm like a different person now. Well, let's get into the letters, shall we? We have letters about sports. We have letters about purity. We have letters about the holidays. We have, it's all coming at you and it's coming at you hot. And we're going to have a good time going over your letters. Thanks for sending them in. <laughs> this first one. Who's it from? Well, it just says sinless in Seattle. Oh, okay. That's how it's signed. Well, it's hard to be sin sinless in Seattle. I mean, yeah, so any of these coastal this, cities, you've got to be careful. So, yeah, I'm already praying for this one. And, okay, I'll just start reading it, and then we'll we'll maybe help discuss or answer, give advice, answer questions as we go. What do you think? Sounds great. Okay. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I recently discovered this podcast, and I believe God has guided me to it because I've had difficulty with something serious for the past year. Hopefully you can be a vessel through which Christ will guide me. All right. I I love that. Sign me up. I have a son named Caleb who is nine years old. At the time he was born in the womb, I thought that was a good name, but now I regret the choice because I believe it left him vulnerable to the evil one. We all know what happened to Caleb in Numbers, right? Wait, what did happen to Caleb in Numbers? It was Caleb and Joshua. Caleb was one of the spies. I mean, yeah, he remained... I mean, he remained loyal to God. Yeah, he got to he go was, into the promised land. He was considered a hero. That's right. What happened to Caleb? Well, uh, Sinless in Seattle is suggesting something bad happened. What happened to Caleb? Do you I think maybe, know. I mean, he, he wasn't beheaded? Ca- honestly. Is turned it, into a pillar of salt? Is it Caleb with a K, Hallie? Because then I'm worried that it's a different Caleb that she's mm-hmm. talking about and... You know, you know, whenever somebody replaces a C with a K in a name, especially at the first of the name, you kind of get a bit trashy, I think. That's why I don't get on TikTok. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Caleb has a friend the same age as him. For the purposes of this letter, I'll call him Evan. Because that was his name. Because like Eve, he is tempting my son to be ungodly. Oh, it grieves the heart of God. And also, I wouldn't be surprised anyone named Evan. That is pretty close to the name Eve. And, you know, there aren't a lot of people named Eve because, I mean, well. for good reason. Yeah. She destroyed everything for everyone for all time. Evan Rachel should stay away from your son. Cursed us with sin. Um, okay, so where was I? Um, Evan is a figure skater, and he's been pressuring my what? son to skate, too. Oh, oh no. I don't like where this is going. I don't going. like where this is going. A, f- a little, I mean, Evan is a little boy, right? As far as we know, Hallie, but, uh, you know, there are Evan girls, and I, I often get concerned. Oh my now, this is something that we should think about, too, is when we start degendering names, 
I'm already going, hey, should we name boys and girls Evan? You know, because Evan, Evan is a boy's name. That's right. As soon as you start, I mean, of course you're going to grow up confused if you if you have one of those names that everybody's turning into both a boy and a girl's name. Right. Right. And you don't name your kid after an evil person. Like you've never met someone named Cain or right. Eve right. or Hitler or Barack. You know what I mean? I did actually know. I had a cousin named of Hitler. Is that right? Yeah, spelled differently. But is that a popular name over in Australia? No, it just you know it it had a uh, it had a silent s at the beginning. Okay. Anyway, Evan is a figure skater, and he's been pressuring my son to skate too. Caleb has been adamant about this, but my husband and I are against it and wouldn't allow it. Many times we had to explain that boy skaters turn into homosexuals and end up with AIDS, but he keeps saying he won't be like that. Of course, just allowing him into the rink, which is a den of demons, would leave him susceptible to those actions. Even those who skate with women are ungodly because, of course, they do things that should only be done with husband and wife in the privacy of their bedroom. Isn't it true? I've thought that watching the Olympics. I really like to watch the figure skaters, especially the couples, because the guy can just throw her so far and it looks cool. You know, but but I'm always uncomfortable by it, aren't you, Hallie? Same. Because it seems too intimate. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of times it looks like he's holding her up like by her pubis bone or you know, whatever it's called. This is a, str- a strange uh, little segue here. But one time I was watching figure skating with one of my uncles who was, you know, he wasn't a Christian at the time. Uh, and as we're watching it, he leaned over and he goes, that's what you can look forward to when you're married. Oh. Or he actually didn't say Mary because he, he slept with all manner of women all the time. But he said, you know, that's what you can look forward to. And I was like, that's what it is. That's what it's like. He slept with all manna and woman? Manna of. He slept with manna and woman? Man, he slept. Well, he did sleep with men and women, but he, <gasps> slept, he slept with all kinds of women. I mean, Hallie, this was that. This was on my dad's side. Wow. Well, I'll t- I'll go so far as to say, Gray, and, and you don't know this yet because you're not married, but being a married woman who's also had a lot of kids under the care of a male gynecologist, I can tell you that I've never been touched in the area that a figure skater is, a male figure skater is holding a woman up by. And I'll, there's no reason to ever touch a woman there. You don't even have to touch yeah, there ever. Not don't. to procreate, not to give birth, not even if you're a gynecologist obstetrician. It really is, Hallie. It's just kind of sick to think about. But I can't imagine, you know, it, it. I think it's hard because as a guy who's not married, who doesn't, you know, is looking forward to that stuff with my wife, I think it puts in the, the mind of single godly men like, oh, that's what it's like in the bedroom. Like you, you yeah. gotta hold each other up like that and throw each other around. Yeah, which, which essentially means they've got porno in the Winter Olympics. Right, yeah. Go oh, on. Okay. Well, I I don't know if my heart can take this one. I don't like where it's going. But I mean, these parents, they're not wrong about these figure skaters, the males or the females, these perverts. The girls shouldn't be that close with a person they're not married to. Now, I have seen some duo skaters who are married to each other, and I think that's probably cool. But at the same time, I shouldn't be seeing him touch her. Even though she is his wife, I shouldn't be observing it. I wouldn't be in there in their bedroom, hiding behind the door watching them. Right. Yeah, that seems like it should really be reserved for a private moment. You know, I although, Hallie, I did hear something the other day that I thought was cool. Have you heard of OnlyFans? 
Only Fams? Only Fams. Fams? Yeah. F-A-M-S? Yeah, it's a Christian website where awesome Christian families can post premium content about what's going on in the homes that normally people don't get to see. Yeah. And it is awesome. You can pay five ninety nine a month and, you know, you can see like, you know, the husband and wife having dinner and then they'll be like, hey, you know, tonight's our anniversary. We're going in here. They'll close the door and you kind of get the idea of what's going on. But it's just setting a great example of what Christian families, uh, couples are up to. I think that's so important that Christians model for the world what it's supposed to look like the natural order of things, the design that God created it from the very beginning. Absolutely. You had Adam and Eve, and then they had kids. It was a nuclear family. And then from that, um, you know, for all time, everyone has always been in a nuclear family, and now it's Until under recently, attack. It's, yeah. yeah. You had cavemen and women were in a nuclear, nuclear family, family in a cave. And then you had, you know, I don't know, really, a lot of history, but like, and then in the Reformation, you know what you had? Mothers and fathers and nuclear families. Nuclear family. And, um, okay, back to the letter. Finally, my husband, Jacob, that's cool, it's a biblical awesome. name, decided to let Caleb take a lesson. Oh, no. I submitted as God intends, but I was worried. Well, I think you're a good wife. Now we know it's a, it's a woman writing. Okay, now we know. Then Jacob told me that he paid Evan $500 to kiss Caleb at some point while they were there. Wait, the dad asked asked them to kiss? Jacob told me that he paid Evan $500 to kiss Caleb at some point while they were there. He figured this would kill two birds with one stone. Get this Oh, it's tempter. like smoking a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, like when he makes you eat the whole, oh, you like these? Then I'll make you eat the whole pack. That's a good idea. So uh, to, to kill two birds with one stone, get this temp- tempter out of our lives for good and get this temptation to be unmanly and ungodly out yeah, of Caleb. I like it. I get it. This is this is strategy. This is good parenting. This is good parenting. This is something that like Dobson. I, this is you know it, it's. I think I think people who are not saved, the way they raise their kids is like tactical. They're just like oh I don't know. It's almost like triage all the time. Right. But Christians are strategic. See, you know he's he's he, he's he, it's he's playing three dimensional chess at this point. Yeah. He's got $500 cash involved. He's gone to an ATM. I mean, this is thought out. It's, uh, this is good. This is strategy. Okay. Um, so they're going to get the tempter out of their lives. And then the, any sort of temptation for Caleb to be unmanly or ungodly, we're going to nip that in the bud right now. Okay. Sure enough, Caleb tells us after they had their first lesson that Evan kissed him. And we asked him if he ever wanted to see him again. Caleb said no. Then we asked him if he wanted to skate again. And Caleb said yes. We asked why, with such a horrible experience to go on, did he want to do this? He said he liked the feeling of gliding and dancing on the ice and wanted to be like an American skater that he and Evan saw named Nathan Chen. When I asked him to show me some videos and this... Oh, sorry, Hallie. I was just... uh sending some email okay um i said show me some videos and he showed me this heathen skating to music by known homosexuals like freddie mercury and elton john elton john is a homosexual is that right no no he just wears colored sunglasses i think crocodile rock he has a song about his wife yeah all the songs are about ladies 
Yeah, Crocodile Rock, Tiny Dancer, Danielle's song. That's right. I mean, he mentions having a your wife. song. Mm-hmm. Good. If lyrics. I was a sculptor, <laughs> but then again, no. I love that lyric. Those if I was a sculptor, lyrics. it's like, it's like he's rethinking the song in the moment. Like, you know, if I was this guy or this, the, you know, then. But you know what? That's actually not a good lyric that I just wrote, and he's not afraid to rewrite it as he goes. Yeah. Because then he's like, or a man who makes potions in a traveling show. Mm. Isn't that funny how he's like, if I was a sculptor, wait a minute. No, that's not a good idea. It is I'm a actually a potion funny. maker. I think that's just great. It is a little bit funny, this feeling inside. <laughs> I'm is. not one who can easily hide. There's no way that Ellen John is gay. I just refuse to believe it. And I don't know about Freddie Mercury. Never heard of him. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Naturally, we grounded him for a month and forbade him to go anywhere near the rink. But how much is Evan to blame for introducing Caleb to this forbidden fruit? And what should we do to make sure he stays away from such things in the future? Sincerely, Sinless in Seattle. It's a good question. I mean, I'm going to hold Caleb about 50% responsible there. And Mm -hmm. I'm also going to hold Evan 50% responsible there. And I'm going to, you know, obviously I'm going to, place this all at the feet of satan for being 100 percent responsible they're giving you another 200 percent. but you know hallie i i guess i just go back maybe the strategy of paying him to kiss the boy i mean you know the haters are going to be like well that's prostitution you're essentially paying someone to do an intimate act okay and to them i would say well what, what's your great parenting idea? Because these parents are obviously really engaged and really trying the best. <laughs> Thank goodness. And most parents these days, secular parents, they're just letting the kids run wild and do whatever. And, you know, if it was a secular parent, I'm sure these kids would be, you know, dancing around in tutus, uh, injecting kissing each heroin other. in right. their bodies, minus the skates. Yeah, I feel like Evan is definitely to blame um, for putting Caleb in this position. But he, you know, he also got $500 for it. So he he delivered on his end of the bargain. He kept up his side of the deal. Right. um, With Sinless in Seattle's husband. I'm just, like you said, they're engaged parents, which is more than you can say for most of the secular world. These parents don't even know where their kids are. They were like, oh, good. Are they on a skating rink, having a sense of belonging, hanging out with people with similar interests, gaining skills and feeling a part of a community? And I'm like, "Um, no, they're being groomed for sex work. You know, Hallie, too, and I, I just think that it is something that we need to tell these parents, hey, Sometimes you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be perfect. And what you do is you pray about it. And I I think the answers will come. But I also would make sure that you're punishing uh, any future behavior and maybe even punishing some of the past behavior. Because prohibitive actions, and not to throw around big vocab words, but prohibitive actions tend to work. For instance, prohibition, abstinence, dieting, stuff like that. Highly effective. Highly effective. Okay, Hallie, here we go. Are you ready for another letter? Yeah, you read it this time. Okay, here we go. Hi, Gray and Hallie. 
spell my name wrong, but whatever. Around the holidays, I often find myself invited to the houses of many friends and family. Oh, Oh, I'm so so happy to hear that. And I love a party. I love a get together. I love a party. You know what I really like, Gray, is eating other people's food. Oh, yeah, totally. As long as it's lean. And I feel like gathering at the holidays is such a beautiful way for us to express express our uh, devotion to Christ. You know, you get together under a banner of Christmas and you're making a statement. This person, I'm sorry, Hallie, I'm just kind of reading forward. He says, I'm very popular in a social butterfly. Oh, how nice. It's such a strange thing to kind of say. I mean, I guess this person has a pretty high opinion of themselves. Oh, how, yeah. But doesn't really do their research in like how to spell someone's name either, which is kind of weird. Maybe this person's arrogant. However, I am incredibly bothered when I arrive at these gatherings to find the homes full of all the fun parts of Christmas, the trees, the presents, the lights, cookies, etc. But the homes do not have a single nativity. Oh, it grieves the heart of God. Honestly, it's sick. Yep. I mean, you, you would have pictures of your kids hanging up all of it, but you don't have a small miniature replica, usually made out of corn cobs or something, of the birth of the savior of the world. You can't even do that, but right? you can put up, put up a bunch of ugly pictures of your of your daughter's senior photos. I even have pictures of Jesus in my house. Oh, really? Oh, framed eight by tens. I got a eleven by fourteen. Oh, I, I love have that. Pictures of Jesus. He kind of looks like the singer of the Bee Gees. I Good kinda, looking. Good looking. I kind of went. Uh, I, I do have a few photos of Jesus. I went kind of with the big lion theme, you know. So I was. I just did lots of lion stuff. That's cool. Very C.S. Lewis of you. Yeah. That's cool. I feel like Jesus reminds me. Jesus kind of seems to have highlights, kind of like you, Gray. These <gasps> are highlights. These are natural. Just on the ends, like yeah. it got bleached. Oh, it maybe it just got bleached by the sun. And then your roots. The, I mean, in? the sun naturally highlights my hair. Oh, uh, okay, okay, cool. Even in winter, mm. just kind of my complexion and stuff. Oh, cool. Anyway, he goes on and says, "Okay, so he's looking for a nativity. I always do that too. I want to say when I go into someone's house around the holidays. I'm sorry, around Christmas. I it's the first thing I do is look for a nativity. Even and if I don't see one, it feels like a blow. Honestly, it feels like a a painful blow, like being knocked in the solar plexus. Now, just to play devil's advocate for a moment, okay. Allie, I okay. did go into a home last year when when Kleinex kids were going around visiting shut-ins. Oh, awesome. And there was an old lady, and I don't like to name names, but um, I think her name was Salman Rushdie, and oh. she actually was the opposite where she had a nativity in every single room, oh, cool. sometimes multiple of the different styles from different countries or whatever. And wow. then that becomes a bit creepy oh, because really? then you're going, okay, how much is too much? Yeah. I think, you know, I, yeah. I, what are you trying to say with all this? Yeah. This isn't a small world after all. Exactly. It's not like you're going to have the, you know, Asian nativity and stuff because you know what? Jesus wasn't born in Asia. You know, what was one of the weirdest things is she had one that I think was from somewhere in Africa and all of the the figurines were made from rare endangered species, uh, you know, elephant tusk and um, the skins of sort of rare tigers and stuff like that for the animals. And she was really proud of that and saying, you know, all of these are illegal to have. This is illegal to have, this nativity. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, I just get a bit weirded out if people are trying to trying too hard. There was really no place to sit down. There was a nativity on every piece of furniture yeah. that wasn't covered by a cat. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, but for the average American, how hard is it to collect a couple shepherds, wise men, animals, and a manger? How right. hard is it? And and I think it's best when you just put it at least one in your yard. Definitely. So that everybody knows when they come in or drive by, that's a Christian house. Mm-hmm. We have an inflatable one with lights. So going it's back. Lit and it's lit. He says, how can they celebrate Christmas without its true meaning? What should I do? I'd really like to continue to be invited, but these homes really bother me. Well, I, uh, and this is from uh, someone named Ryan Salad. Oh, I know Ryan Salad. How you doing, buddy? Well, here's the thing. Uh, one, I, if you're going to be invited back, you might not if you don't spell the names right. Um, so make sure you do that. You know, I would also beg the question, do you want to be invited to a home that may or may not have the true meaning of Christmas in the home, even though you say that you're very popular? I kind of doubt that at this point, Um, but uh, just because of the nature of the letter and how much you're kind of pumping yourself up uh, with this holier-than-thou attitude. But I would say Ryan Salad, and with a name like Salad, you know, I'm not sure if anybody's inviting someone the name like Salad over a lot. Mm. But I guess what I would say, Hallie, Makes is, me hungry. you know, uh, if you want to go to these homes, maybe uh, bring a nativity. I was going to say the same thing. They're pretty inexpensive, mm-hmm. and especially ones that aren't made from rare animals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would also say, ask yourself the question, do you want to go to a house where Jesus is not front and center at the holidays? You got to ask yourself about the influence that you're going to be under when you're in such a home. Because you know what? You crack their fridge if it's somebody that you, you know, you're doing life together and you got refrigerator rights with each other, you know? Do you crack the fridge and see a six pack of beer? Do you see a box of wine? Do you, uh, you know, smell smoke on their breath? They could be influencing you in ways that you're not even aware of. The nativity might be the tip off. Of whatever else is happening, you know, because the next thing you know, you go in their basement, they're all burning drugs and spoons and injecting it between their toes. How, uh, what other ways would you spell my name, Hallie? I just don't understand. G-R-A-Y. Right. And he spells it G-R-E-Y. I just don't get that. I like, who even thinks of it that way? Oh, maybe. I think that's how they spell it in Britain. I just don't, just, you could basically Google me before you email. Maybe he's got a touch of the Downton Abbey. Maybe, yeah. That's the least of his problems. I like how they say different things over there. They call cookies biscuits. They call pants trousers, you know. They call your bum a fanny. Yeah. Ready for the next one? Yeah, let's do it. Dear Gray and Hallie. Oh, wow. This one, they spelled your name wrong and my name wrong. What is, honestly, just do a bit of Googling people. Thanks for writing, but it's not that hard. Anyway, dear Gray and Hallie, I'm getting married next Saturday at Twin Hills. Yay! Oh, congrats. We are rostered as the third chapel wedding for the day. After years of staying holy for each other. Oh, thank goodness. Isn't it a relief? 
Oh, I'm so glad they're just addressing that right off the top. Didn't because do a single bit of ice skating before the big day. I think that's awesome. They are modeling uh, what it means to save yourself for the best Christian sex you've ever had in your life. Okay, so after years of staying holy for each other, we both know that our wedding night is going to be amazing. Well, they're not wrong about that. Really? It's going to be amazing. <gasps> it's going to be the most amazing thing you've ever felt in your entire life. Really? Was it for you, Hallie? I did not enjoy it. Um, I mostly was confused, uh, challenged, um, highly emotional, and I think I was facing the wrong way at one point. I didn't know what was happening, but I think for the gal, that's uh, par for the course. Okay. What way were you facing? Toward the door. Okay. Okay, so... um, our wedding night is going to be amazing. We will remember it for the rest of our lives. Yes, you will. Do you remember the first time you went to Disney? Uh, Huh? Do you remember the first time you caught a snowflake on your tongue? Do you remember 9-11? I mean, you're gonna... Remember it. Oh, baby. Okay, back to the letter. At the same time, it also feels strange to know that God will be watching us consummate the marriage and quote-unquote do the dirty. Oh, Well, Well, first off, it's not dirty once you're married. Good point. Uh, I mean, the marriage is undefiled. That's right. And I think God is so relieved and honored by the fact that you uh, saved yourself for him and for it and for each other and for this moment. Oh, he's just happy to be there. He's happy to be included. He is probably throwing a party. He's probably telling all the angels, gather around. Oh, I would imagine that, yeah, it's not just God watching. It's all of heaven. It's a watch party. They say that there's a party every time somebody becomes a Christian. That's right. Um, and every time... A, a, somebody enters into the gates of heaven, you are greeted by heavenly hosts. Why would those heavenly hosts not be tuning in to the, what is going to be one of the biggest nights of your life? Yeah, and I can understand a little bit of shyness uh, might come into play when you feel like the divine creator of the universe is tuning in for what should and could be considered a very intimate moment. Uh, between you and your spouse. But here's the thing. Having Christian sex with your husband or wife is not like, say, having a bowel movement or emptying your bladder, which is something I feel like God does kind of turn away for. Oh, really? Simply because it's just not that interesting to him. You know, my kids have asked me that. I don't want God to be looking at me while I'm on the toilet and stuff. And we've had long talks about it. And I've had to really spend time in prayer about it. It's something I've thought a lot about. When do you pray about that? When I'm on the toilet. And I think that there's so much important stuff that God needs to be putting his attention to that, you know, your bathroom breaks are just really none of his beeswax, but I, I'm sorry, whether you like it or not, it might feel like it's a private thing, but you know, your wedding night after you've saved yourself, I think it is a big deal in heaven. And I do think they all tune in. It's like the heaven Super Bowl. Honestly, they're probably putting up really expensive commercials, you know, when maybe you two, you two lovebirds or, you know, taking a, a bathroom break. That's that's when heaven has commercials. That is right. <laughs> and when I, when you said you too, I was like, oh, I, I, I was just thinking, oh, is you too playing at the Super Bowl? You uh, too is Christian adjacent music, I think I would say. Oh, they're definitely Christian, Hallie. Listen to basically every song they've ever written. Is that right? Yeah, except the AIDS ones. Oh, okay. 
Um, I think you, I don't know. I feel like you should definitely put on some praise and worship, at least some hill song, uh, just to get the, well, you don't know this yet, Greg, cause you're not married, but sometimes you kind of got to rev the engines. You got to get in the mood, you know, uh, it doesn't always just well, strike I mean, cause you're but alone. I mean, on that wedding night, Hallie, they are going to be in the mood. Believe me. I mean, I've been at weddings where the, the bride and groom basically had to say, I'm sorry, we're not going to be at the reception for a minute. We got to go upstairs, you know, cause you, that, that's how Christian they are. <gasps> and that's how excited they are. Once that, those rings are on, it's anything goes, which is awesome. Whoa, what did their faces look like when they showed up at the reception? after that uh, well that's the thing it's always the guy is just glowing okay and the lady was a bit confused oh yeah well i can attest to that so the the letter ends just do you have any advice for us thanks jonathan runmo and i i do have advice for them and i'll start with what we're talking about which is make a playlist uh so you're going to want to have some romantic music on and you know what there is plenty of very amorous, romantic Christian music. Um, a lot of it is actually about our Eros love, E-R-O-S, the godly sex erotic love. What song did uh, you put on or did, did Lance put on when, when you all, uh, you know, went into the, the marriage bed? Oh, on my wedding night, we played I Wish We'd All Been Ready by Larry Norman on repeat. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's kind of ironic. I wish we'd all been ready. It was uh, a powerful experience. Right. It really was. What a song to, to play, you know, now, once you are ready. I recommend I it. Yeah, I'll add it to my list uh, for one day, but I'm really too busy right now. So. Well, I got you on the top of my prayer list to... Uh, Get I know I know God has picked out a beautiful bride for you, but I I want you to meet her soon and not somebody who's gonna, uh, you know, like trout you. You know, uh, this is something also that I would say to this couple writing in is start an OnlyFans right now, yeah, and you get to share this experience with everyone who's also probably in you know your same position of being nervous, you know how they're preparing for that great night. You could you know, share that on your OnlyFans and then, you know, monetize it, which I think is really important right now for Christians to do since, you know, the secular world is basically, you know, making into, commodifying every other part of their lives. Why aren't Christians doing it? I think we need to do this. Yeah, we got to lead the way. Yeah, we do. I am pulling up one here. Um, all right. Dear Gray, um, okay, spell my name wrong again. Never even seen it spelled that way. Oh, no. So I, well, I guess if we're going to do a mailbag episode, just the first thing everyone should do is who am I emailing? Okay. And then think about the name that you're writing and then make sure it's spelled correctly. So, uh, dear Gray, I, I, it doesn't have an accent anywhere in it. I just don't understand why you would do that. I recently started attending the Twin Hills Virtual Services. I live in Ohio. Oh, oh that's great. It's a nice plug for virtual services and also kind of a, well, a billboard for the education system in Ohio because apparently they don't teach spelling there. I'm emailing because I have a question. My son, Daughtry, got into an argument with me about the mascot of the local Christian school which he attends. Oh, I can relate to this. 
I mean, yeah, here we go, right, Hallie? This sounds like something my son Day would be uh, moaning to me about. Uh, I don't have to bring him into it. According to him, we shouldn't be the Crusaders because the Crusades were a series of religious wars led by the church and resulting in a bunch of stuff that I couldn't understand. I think he mentioned genocide as some liberal word about how meta is wrong. So my No, qu- I'm sorry. No, the Crusades yeah. were... The church spreading its message far and wide, making disciples of all nations, just because you would rather worship a golden statue or something, you can't be angry when somebody brings in the truth. There's no negative spin you can put on the Crusades. It was about furthering the gospel. And when you show up with the truth and someone tries to kill you for it, you've got to fight back. And what's wrong with war? I mean, we're in a holy war right now. I think war gets a bad rap, honestly, because I think we not we shouldn't be asking, you know, what is war good or bad? What kind of war is good or bad? Right. right. And maybe it's just that being a Christian, we're so used to being attacked and every day is a constant battle. There's spiritual battle being waged around us all the time in a spiritual warfare. I mean, it's just the way it is. If even angels have swords and shields and all of that stuff, it stands to reason that mankind is going to, too. I mean, it's right there in the name, man. The, and the, if you've ever raised a boy, which I have, as soon as they can pick something up, they pick up a stick and turn it into a knife or a gun. And it's just human nature and that word you said hallie just human nature a lot of people say well is it just war and i said it's just war you know it's 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 just war it's it's going to be here because we are sinful and there is going to be war on the earth there was war in the bible a lot of my favorite wars are from the bible yeah there's a war on drugs and that's a great war yeah yeah so yeah what kind of war in it is it that's right it's just war that's right. And and a war that is furthering the gospel, making more Christians, spreading the good news, um, is it's it's hard to call it war really when it's such good news. Yeah, I would say let's not call it a war, let's call it a mission. And if it was a mission, would you be so Matt, if you if you were instead of the Crusaders, would, would if they were called the missionaries, would you be having a problem with that? See, that's it right there. Yeah, missionaries have never done anything like that, that is controversial, or that you would be like, you can't you can't have a, a missionary running around in a fuzzy suit during the halftime of the football game. That's right, because they're too busy being self-sacrificial. That's right. I think he mentioned, so back to the letter, uh, I think he mentioned genocide as some liberal word about how murder is wrong. So my question is, should we stop using the word crusade? Because I I remember being a part of the Campus Crusade for Christ. Awesome. awesome. Hey, so I just awesome. think Campus Crusade for Christ is so awesome. Well, you've uh, got Christ right there, and crusade goes well with Christ. They both, it's alliterative. They begin with C. Oh, a lot of times teens would show up. I, I, I remember uh, one of the uh, Campus Crusade leaders is telling me they'll show up just because it sounds cool oh totally it kind of sounds like a hip-hop lyric or something yeah a campus crusade for christ you know it's just so great yeah and and crusade which we've already established is a good word uh you know just like crucifixion beautiful word incredible awesome life-altering event yep um They'll try to demonize anything we do. You know why? Because they want to hold on to their golden idols. Yeah. Um, you know, it only it only hurts when the truth smacks you across the face 
if you if you don't believe it, you know, it, it, or if it has to stab you in the abdomen or, you know, I don't know how if it, did they have guns in the crusades like I muskets think they did. or something? Yeah, old old timey ones. Yeah, so if you get stabbed by a musket um in in the name of Christ, well count yourself lucky is all I say. And uh, the, the writer finishes, because I remember being a part of Campus Crusade for Christ what, what, when I was in school, so I think that we should keep crusade the, keep the crusade in Christianity. Go with Christ, crusade, and confused. Um, <laughs> it, well, I think they're alluding to a well-known fact, which is they're try- they've been trying to take the Christ out of Christmas for years. You'll see it in print. It says an X where they X out the word Christ and then they just put M-A-S, Xmas. Oh, isn't You know, it's just sick. because they're trying. So what do you want to do? Do you want to um, put an X where the cruise was and it's just X-Aid, you know? Are we supposed to say, oh, back in the X-Aids when uh, the Moors were being slaughtered or whatnot? And, and, and it was is now Christ going to be Xified? See? You just can't do it. I'm just so tired of this PC culture. It's just brain rot, isn't it? I know. You can't change words. Um, You just can't. I mean, the English language is set. I'm sorry. It's true, Hallie. We have enough words, don't we, in in the dictionary. And and really the only word, and I'm going to say this to anyone who needs to hear it, the only word you need is the word of God. And (sighs) Jesus was the word. He is the word, and you're not going to go off and and tra- you, you, the, ne- the next thing you know, people are going to be like, "Oh, you can't say Jesus." You know, I'm just not going to do that because people are going to say that you can't say Jesus. All I have to say to that is, word. What does that mean? I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey House was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.